Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Welcome to The Sages Among Us. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and I'm really pleased to introduce you to my guest tonight, Margaret Maggie Gilmore, who is the manager of the Madeline Helling Library here in Nevada County. And welcome, Maggie. Hi, Lori. Thank you for having me. Well, it's really fun to have you, and we were just just ramping up for this conversation. There's so much to talk about, about libraries and, and what they are, but I, I also want to get started just learning more about you. So you, you live here in Nevada County, in Nevada City, but uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Eugene, Oregon, and I lived there until I was about 18 years old when I moved uh, my senior year of high school. I moved to Washington, D.C. with my family. Wow, that would be a big move from Eugene, Oregon to Washington, D.C. What, what was the reason for that? Oh, my dad worked for the federal government. Um, actually, he worked for the Bureau of Land Management and then transferred into the Department of Interior. Um, and so we all picked up and moved to the East Coast. They gave me the choice uh, to stay in Eugene if I wanted to for my last year of senior year. But I made the choice to be adventurous and move to our nation's capital. Wow, <laughs> that must have been a little bit of a culture shift. It certainly was, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, as a kid, what kind of activities were you involved in when you started off in Eugene? In Eugene, I was heavily involved with the theater arts growing up. I was always in band, choir, drama, all three or one of the above um, at any given time. I um, started out playing flute, and my mom is a piano teacher. And my dad plays the upright bass. So I had a lot of music growing up. We had music in our home uh, with her piano lessons, as well as a community choir that my mom led called the Church of the Latter-day Leninites. <laughs> and they sang Beatles arrangements. So that was always a lot of fun. <laughs> well, it sounds like you definitely had a fun, we have a fun family. Certainly. <laughs> So, yeah, those must have been some of your early passions as well. Uh, I mean, you didn't seem like you had much time for anything else, but did did you get involved in any of the outdoor things uh, living in Oregon? Only as much as, um, you know, family camping trips, going to the Oregon coast. Um, I went to a very alternative elementary school, and we went on these incredible field trips so we got to go see the tide pools. Uh, we went on a backpacking trip when I think I was in fourth grade, uh, you know, an overnight wow. backpacking trip. That's pretty impressive. Um, and I, from that, I distinctly remember being asked to observe my surroundings in a field by myself. Just go and choose a location in this very large field to sit, observe, be present, and uh, journal the things that I observed as a fourth grader. So. Wow, we had a vision <laughs> quest in fourth grade. Exactly. <laughs> wow, very cool. So uh, you moved to Washington, D.C., then where did you go to college? I went to the University of Montana. So I lived in 
the big city in the nation's capital for about a year. And I said, you know what? Take me back to the mountains. Wow. <laughs> and I went to the University of Montana to study voice performance, actually, uh, for undergrad. So because that kind of gets me into what I was wondering. Um, so you started off in, a, in an area... You are our head librarian over at Madeline Helling Library. Mm -hmm. um, and so you started off in an area that really wasn't about libraries, or did you have some kind of inner passion around libraries always? No, I really started in music. And it's actually a common story that you hear from people who work in libraries. Often we started with a particular direction, a different area of expertise, um, and, and passion and something along the road led us into libraries. Okay, so now I have to ask you, <laughs> what was that something along the road for you? <laughs> I started volunteering um, at the DC Public Library in the sheet music collection. Uh, when, after I had graduated, I moved back to DC as an adult and I was volunteering because I was using the sheet music collection as a vocalist, and it was kind of out of order. I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I volunteered to help uh, what we call shelf read and put things back in order and help keep it organized. And that's when I found I just really enjoyed working with scores, with music scores, and being a part of library operations and I could see how many uh, different things you can do in your day when you work in libraries and um, yeah then I I signed up I, I started working at the DC Public Library in the music collection okay so I, I'm gonna go forward and then I'll probably go backward okay. a little bit too but so I've known a few librarians in my life and it seems like librarians are some of the most highly educated people that I interact with. So you decided from getting a degree in music um, to become a librarian. What did you have to do educationally to make that transition? I chose to pursue the master's in library and information science. And it's not something that is required to work in libraries, especially in public libraries. Um, but it is a choice, and uh, to be a librarian, it is often required to have that master's uh, degree. And so I went, actually jumped back to the West Coast, and I went to UCLA to pursue my master's. Oh my, Maggie, <laughs> you are so much more of an adventurer than I knew. I knew you were, an, you had that adventurous spirit, but boy. I just couldn't make a decision between the east and the west coast but i love you know from eugene which is not a small town but it's not a large town to washington dc to where is the university in missoula montana. in missoula okay of montana. yeah mm -hmm. and so and then to ucla oh my gosh that's that's quite a bit well during this these t this time um you were volunteering at the at the library in washington dc which got you on that path but what, what other kind of jobs did you have along the way? I worked um, in the food industry, as many of us did early on. I worked in a burrito joint, and I worked as a caterer, um, uh, catering weddings and large events. Uh, I did that in Washington, D.C., 
I actually uh, was catering during the Obama inauguration, the first Obama inauguration. So I had to be downtown D.C. by 3 a.m. before they were going to close the streets to access uh, before they set up, you know, for all the security gates before the inauguration. So we went to the venue where we were catering right on Pennsylvania Avenue and there were cots set up for us so we could take a nap. And we woke up at about 5 a.m. and started serving coffee to the early arrivers. And we were there working through the day, I think, well well past 5 p.m. Wow, that is a fun fact. I think that's the first time I've met somebody who worked at an inauguration. That is very cool. <laughs> By the time I was done with my shift, everyone had gone home from all of the big inauguration parties. And so the, the streets were essentially empty at that point. <laughs> Well, so maybe it's one of those things that's more exciting to look back at than the actual day. But I mean, yeah, but exactly. Very, very cool. <laughs> it was very exciting. So, what, uh, what did you have any less life lessons that you take away from some of your early, early work? I think I surprised myself at how hard I can work and what the human body is capable of. I think that's a very good example in, in working long hours on your feet and, and um, serving a pretty high energy in a high energy environment. Uh, so I think from some of those early positions, that's probably what I took away that uh, the, I don't know if I would say the joy of hard work, but <laughs> the possibilities that exist there. What about mentors in your in your early life? Uh, who are some of the mentors that have shown up in your life? A mentor that has um, stayed with me, the lessons that she taught have stayed with me, is a choir director in middle school. Her name is Sandra Williams. Uh, she demanded greatness, and she had very high expectations. So I have lived my life and um, I think in my work I can see that in myself that I also have high expectations which can be a good and a bad thing I can admit that but um, I I set a high standard for myself and for others and for the organizations who I work with. So you, her name came to you so quickly is she somebody that you've stayed in touch with or you just she just left a, that uh, that uh, indelible memory she left an indelible memory and impression um and she, you know she comes up in conversation when i uh, am in communication with people who i went to school with i think she affected all of us very much um i actually this past weekend was attending my 20th high school reunion which lets everyone know how old i am here but <laughs> um it was uh, very telling that all of us had Sandra stories. So, but let me get, clarify because your 20th high school reunion would be in Washington, D.C. or? Well, it was uh, Eugene. Yeah, okay, was, you went to the, the Eugene. South Eugene High School. Okay, yeah. because you also mentioned the middle school or the elementary school for her. Yeah, Sandra was our middle school, middle school. choir director. Okay. And she brought us to San Antonio for a big choral conference she wow. brought us to uh, portland for a big you know choir event happening there and yeah wow so you're at your 20th class reunion that's pretty cool 
yeah, it was not, I wasn't entirely sure that I wanted to go. And after talking with everyone else there, that was definitely a shared experience. Um, and we all felt very hesitant, but the moment we walked in the doors, I think we were all so excited and happy to see familiar faces from oh, that, long ago. That is very, very cool. Well, you when you got your master's in library sciences uh, at UCLA, then where did you? Where was the first library that you got your official first job at? Back at DC Public Library. So this is the same place that you were volunteering? Same place I was volunteering and worked as a paraprofessional before I got my master's degree. Um, I had worked both in the music collection and in the teen space in the public library there and went to get my master's. And then after I was done with my degree, had a lot of insecurity about not actually um, being hired on as a librarian. And I applied for a few different jobs and was offered a position in D.C. at the D.C. Public Library. Um, and it was a great, I think, I worked there for about 10 years. And during that time as a librarian, I was working in the adult services department and was able to participate in some really neat projects, uh, one being the D.C. Punk Archive. And I want to get to that in just a second, but I want to let the listeners know that, that you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and I'm talking to Ma Margaret Maggie Gilmore, who is the manager for Madeline Helling Library. So we're just getting to some punk rock stuff at the D.C. Library in Washington, D.C., so, which has a long history of punk in the nation's capital. Really? Yeah. Uh, there were some individuals who kind of started out this in the hardcore punk scene. And um, there was uh, an interesting phenomenon, the phenomenon, the, the punk protests, uh, where I believe they were initially uh, protesting the South African apartheid and uh, using their platform and their voice and percussion instruments quite literally um, in Washington, D.C. and their placement in the nation's capital to interface with some of our elected officials. Wow. So how did that come about? Was this the first time that the library and the punk artists had gotten together? Probably not the first time, but we uh, recognized and some colleagues of mine recognized that there were incredible archives from this punk history from the you know, early 70s through the present, living in the basements largely of these individuals, whether they were musicians or uh, producers or fans, um, and that those materials were becoming uh, compromised. Um, and needed to be preserved. So that was the initial push of the Punk Archive project was just to simply preserve that ephemera, the recordings, uh, the, the reel-to-reel -reel tape. And, you know, we have uh, in that the DC Punk Archive has uh, VHS footage from the original 930 Club, which was one of the early punk venues in DC. So that is how the DC Punk Archive was born. And um, we had, you know, incredible support from the local punk community. And we started hosting live punk shows at the library to get the word out about the project. Yeah, you know, I'm just kind of 
my mind is just kind of expanding and blowing up inside because it it goes it, it makes me realize how limited I saw have seen libraries I've always seen them as incredibly valuable in my mm -hmm. life but I just would not put all that together the you know the punk rock archive and you know this happening yeah. cool place to be and <laughs> events with libraries so I just I, I'm having a good time learning about these things through you Maggie it's pretty cool yeah, so I think and that's what happens when you have uh, people who come from different backgrounds coming into libraries they bring their expertise um, that's really sort of how maker spaces and libraries became synonymous in a way at this point we often associate maker spaces with public libraries uh, across the country and it's because of staff who have these areas of interest that bring that knowledge and technical expertise well, and i i wonder I, I mean as you say that and i'm aware of some of the programs that you have at, at the library here in nevada county but i wonder if if everybody listening tonight is making that association because that's again kind of expanding the the role that maybe some of us and I, I guess I'm only speaking for myself exactly. with limited no, uh, perspective and creativity had come up with before. Yeah, we think of libraries as quiet spaces. Yeah, we're you know you, you but often the, the library building, the physical structure, is a perfect venue for live music. So in D.C. at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library downtown, there was a basement auditorium that was used for lectures and author talks and community events um, like we do here in our libraries. Uh, but the space was kind of stale. It wasn't really all that welcoming. Uh, it had, you know, gray carpet and brick walls and these, this weird wood paneling. Um, but it turned out it was perfect for chamber music, for jazz, and for really loud punk shows. I think this is so cool. And <laughs> I, would, I could talk about this for a long, long time, but I want to get us to what brought you to Nevada County. Because here you are doing these really cool punk rock shows, um, you know, after working at inaugurations for presidents. And, you know, I think we have a lovely county, but it's not quite the same caliber. So how did you end up coming here? Well, you know, uh, I think a tornado picked up me and my little dog, <laughs> Roscoe, and just landed us on the yellow brick road that is Nevada County. Well, that is perfect. <laughs> and, and that is kind of the way it works sometimes, because I do feel like this is... Um, you know, heaven on earth here. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, uh, honestly, I was looking for library jobs on the West Coast and uh, found this position that was available actually, the grass manager, uh, uh, grass, sorry, grass valley branch manager position was available. And I started researching Nevada County and um, I found these gems like KVMR and the Briar Patch Food Co-op and um, access to mountain biking and, you know, snow sports and all of this recreation and the Yuba River sounded pretty nice from what I read. Uh, so it just seemed like a, a convergence of all of the, the pieces that I was looking for. And so how, when did that happen? How long ago? 
That was two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Uh, and so now you're the branch manager for Madeline Helling Library, right. which is the largest library in Nevada County. And, and so how many libraries do we have here in Nevada County? We have six libraries. Oh, I would have failed that. Our our website and our digital resources, which is kind of like our seventh library. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so six. Walk me through it again, because I'm I'm just thinking of the four. Madeline Helling in Nevada City, Grass Valley Library, we have the Truckee Library, we have the Doris Foley Library for Historical Research in downtown Nevada City, right across the street from the courthouse. Uh, and then we have our Bear River Library. And Penn Valley. And Penn Valley. Okay. And then our digital. And our digital collection. Okay. <laughs> um, so w- w- this next question um, might not have as much meaning after we were talking about punk rock in Washington, D.C., but what might surprise someone about what's available in a library if they haven't been in the library lately? Our recreation collection, most definitively, we hear every day someone is surprised about what we have to offer from the recreation collection, which is relatively new. Um, I think we've been operating with the recreation collection for about a year now, and uh, that includes items like snowshoes that you can check out with your library card. That is so cool. We have backyard games like bocce ball, cornhole a giant Connect Four and a giant Jenga set called the Toppling Tower. Um, There are also board games that you can check out to play indoors. And now we have uh, video game consoles. If you have a screen, you can just plug in this video game console. It has all of the games preloaded and they're um, old school game uh, platforms like Sega Genesis. (laughs) Well, I, I'm not a gamer, so I don't know how old that is, but that is still pretty cool that you can borrow that from the library. Yeah. So that that and is... The um, California State Parks Passes is another thing oh, that you can borrow yeah. from the library. So it's tell a, me more about that. It's a day pass. You hang it on your vehicle. It's a tag that you hang on your rear view mirror. Or in rear view mirror. And it is uh, good at parks like the South Yuba River uh, state park and it's the that five dollar day pass so if you're planning to be outside you can just stop by the library and check out a california state parks pass that is very very cool too yeah, yeah there's so many things so beyond entertainment and i include books and videos and music um, what are some of the other programs that are at the library that can help people sure um The digital divide is something that people are still experiencing, and so a lot of what we do is uh, technical support. Um, We have a tech drop-in that happens both at Madeline Helling Library and at the Grass Valley Library uh, a few days a week. Yeah, I saw on the calendar that that it happened today and that the coffee and donuts are available. You you do get coffee and donuts. That's pretty darn cool. Trying to (laughs) help you through these really difficult situations with maybe a new laptop that you purchased recently. That's amazing or uh, struggling to navigate your Android device, um, learning how to use Skype or Zoom. Um, so if you have you know, basic tech troubleshooting needs, 
our staff and volunteers can can assist. And we are hosting uh, some digital literacy classes. So this month, I believe there is a class on email basics. Uh, there's a class on navigating a Windows platform. Um, so you can look at the calendar and see some of the more specific classes that are happening also. Yeah, I also saw on the calendar that you have um, free legal um, help. Yes, Lawyer in the Library happens just once a month and it gets booked up. So it's good to call us and get a, and get a spot. That's amazing. Um, but it is a 15-minute legal consultation. It's just a free legal consultation. How helpful that is. Absolutely. That That is... Yeah, that, that's another one of those things. And then I think I just signed up for this because I heard it on the radio uh, about is it something I haven't really part, I've only watched one video, but something science shot oh, Skillshare. Skillshare. Thank you. Yes. So it's good that you signed up because we are our subscription period has ended oh. as of September 30th. But that's OK, because we still have access to LinkedIn learning and Coursera, which are very similar to Skillshare. That's, yeah. So those are free, it's free so, access. So where you can learn skills that otherwise you'd be paying for. Exactly. And then some job uh, things, if people are looking for jobs, what kind of things are at the library to help people looking yeah, for work? Yeah, we have uh, online resources, um, the Job and Career Accelerator. Um, there are a couple of tools where you can get feedback on your resume. Um, there is uh, BrainFuse Help Now, which offers some uh, some support for job seekers. We also have uh, BrainFuse's Vet Now, which is offering support for our veterans. So if you're a veteran and you're seeking navigating the healthcare system or some of the support and the resources available to you as a veteran, that is another resource that is on our website. And those are all provided by the California State Library through an initiative called Career Pathways. Uh, and just, you know, trying to help Californians have access uh, to the job market who may have experienced some barriers previously in their lives. So your website, it's a lot of fun to go on because I, I was playing around with it today, just bringing myself up to date with some of the things going on. But if somebody is not as comfortable with the website or if, as you say, the digital divide, can people just go talk to somebody at the library desk and ask about these things? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you can come into any of the six library locations that I mentioned earlier, your local library. You can call us also, 530-265-7050 uh, is the main Nevada County Library phone number. So you can call us and ask us questions if you're trying to navigate our website or our Nevada County Library app and you need some help in how to download the app or navigate one of the uh, digital resources we just discussed, you can call us or you can come into the library and we are happy to help. It, because there's so many more questions I am not going to get a chance to ask you about, but it, it's just, it's it's an amazing place, our libraries. We're so lucky to have six libraries in our county and then the, the digital library and it's just endless uh, it, just a couple months go by and I like the other thing I'm really excited about we didn't get to really talk about but it's the bad art thing just maybe briefly talk about bad art bad art <laughs> I know 
it's, I mean, part of what we're doing at the library uh, with many of our programs is providing opportunity for creativity and play and experimentation, which we don't do as adults enough, but we certainly need to encourage our youth to do as well. And so Bad Art is a program for teens uh, to come in and, and just play and have fun. And I do believe they vote on the worst piece of art at See the that, end of the program. I think that's fun because I love art and I and I I love watching people create wonderful things or sing wonderful things. But I don't have those talents. But you take away the pressure and it makes it more fun. So that is that's pretty cool. Well, as we wind down, I always like to ask people um, if you had the power to change something in our community for good or to eliminate something that that we have that that would be better if we didn't have it what would that be I mean this is a very hard question because there are so many things of course but uh, I have a really hard time with our consumerism habits and if there were a way to ensure everyone understands how impactful our consumer choices are, I think that would make a real difference in our community. And you are sitting in the perfect place to talk to us about that because at the library we can borrow things. We don't need to purchase everything when we have this great place to go out and try snowshoes or uh, yeah, to and games or yeah. part of the goal of what we do is provide that equitable access well, for that, our whole community. That is, it's just so fun and we do have so much that we could be uh, talking about today. Um, but I want to thank you so much, Maggie, for joining us here on KVMR's Sages Among Us. And this purpose of this program is to inspire people uh, and invite people to participate in the betterment of our community. Discover how you can make a difference by tuning in on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Next Wednesday, join host Keith Porter. You've been listening to The Sages Among Us and to Maggie, Margaret Maggie Gilmore.